Hey, it's Dwayne Zingali, host of the Marketing Year Movement Show, helping you create relationships. And this is the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Right, can I hear you now? I don't know. Can you hear me now? Oh, perfect. I'm back. Sorry. All right, he's that, back. So the batteries just drop. Okay, you said something. Uh, I'm guessing along the lines it cut out with, and you love these other two people. And I'm going to assume well, it's my wife and two beautiful girls. Yes. I, I was talking about titles that you have and <laughs> husband and father. Awesome. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to rewind and, and yeah, we can, we can start over. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. Sure. So I'll, we'll just, we can just kind of clip all, we'll clip all this. We'll just do a pause and I'll start over my part. Your intro was fine. So we'll start the pause now. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. So glad you decided to join us today. And as you heard from that intro, I have with me the one and only Dwayne Zingali. Dwayne, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, buddy. You bet. You bet. And as he mentioned in the intro, he is the host of the Marketing Your Movement show. We're going to dig deeper into that here in just a few moments. But he's also an entrepreneur. He's a marketing consultant. But he has two other titles that I think hold a much deeper place in his heart, and that is husband and dad. Well, you got me there. I, I think uh, the things closest to my heart are definitely husband and dad. I, I love um, that expression. Daddy, daddy, dad. And even when they're angry at me, I'm like, at least I'm dad and no one else is. That's right. That's right. Oh, my goodness. That's so true. All right, Dwayne. Well. We know just a little bit about you, so we're going to need some help. So take us back. We'd love to hear some more about your story, basically about kind of how you got your start. So take us back, bring us along the journey, and lead us up to where you are today. Sure. So I'll, I'll make a long story short. Um, I'll start actually at a, at a pivotal place that I didn't realize until recently, but when I was six years old, my dad was uh, swiped away to prison. And... In that space, you know, dad was, you know, skills development, dad was mentor, dad was, you know, this is how you grow up. This is how you be a man, right? A pivotal relationship, right? Relationships and revenue. <laughs> the reason I'm finding this out is how I perceive that relationship and all the things that happened in that moment actually impact my revenue. Uh, and so when that happened, mom became the breadwinner for the next five years. She paid the bills, she made things work, she worked weird hours. I went to grandma and grandma's house, but guess who was left to his own devices as an only child? Me. Uh, I became, you know, the problem solver, the go figure out what to do. I'm stuck figuring it out on my own, but that left me in this place where I just wanted to be seen and heard, right? This, this same feeling that every child has, and then it seems to continue, at least has for me, this desire to be seen and heard and understood has persisted through my whole life. And that began a journey of seeking out mentorship that, that season. And even when my dad came back, right, 
his own trauma he had to work through. So I was just seeking mentorship, seeking mentorship, seeking mentorship. First place I found that was a youth group in high school, you know, church life. Uh, and, and I got a bit of it, got a bit of skills development, a little bit of emotional understanding, but uh, I was about as much of a wreck as you would expect me to be having gone through that and being a high schooler. Sure. I had a long ways to go. Uh, but then I really found some amazing mentorship after college. I joined a, an organization called youth with a mission. Some of your audience will probably know what that is. You hear the expression YWAM and that really began the like, oh, wow, this is the deep end of life. And I got to serve in leadership development training over in China for five years. And I learned a lot well, John Maxwell stuff, right through that whole journey. But eventually I had the dad role thrust upon me. Um, because I did what married couples do, make babies. <laughs> and the yeah. second one happened to have uh, Treacher Collins syndrome. And, and of course, I too have Treacher Collins syndrome. That's a fancy expression for Treacher and Collins got together and figured out why I have this genetic disposition to have, uh, I had rosebud ears is what they're called now. I have prosthetics, no cheekbones, various cranial facial effects. Uh, so when she was being born, we weren't sure what her breathing capability would be. So we had an ENT, ear, nose, throat doctor on site for us because it could be, you need a tracheotomy right away or everything will be peachy and maybe nothing will happen. We knew she was going to have a, a narrow jaw from the, the uh, ultrasounds. Right. And so that's really scary. And when you live life kind of constantly pitching, support our ministry, support our ministry, support our ministry. Things can get a little edgy. And and that was kind of a pivotal season while we're waiting in the Dornbecker Hospital of Portland going, oh my God, when's this baby going to come? What's life going to be like? Can we keep doing this? And and while I adored the mission, I felt that sense of change. Mm. And I read Think and Grow Rich in that time. And uh, if there was ever a book to change your mind about a lot of things, about your relationship to revenue, that was that book. I had a lot of bad mindsets around money. I just basically tell people that I glorified poverty because I could stretch a dollar so far traveling the world, making it a better place, mm -hmm. which I'm sure I impacted people, but I could have made a lot more impact with a lot more money. <laughs> and that began a journey of how does all this leadership development stuff apply in the business world? I had no business acumen. I had no business getting into business, but what did I do? I just took the advice of a friend and went met a hundred people who were either business owners, managers, anybody in a, a leadership position who could hire me. <laughs> and I just asked one question, what's the biggest problem you have right now? And then I'd see where that took me so I could learn what are the challenges that I know how to solve in this world of business that led me to a WooCommerce business. Uh, they were selling search and rescue equipment. He's like, oh my God, I need so much help. You sound amazing. Come in and help me. And I had done a lot of web development in the ministry. I was always the guy who's like, I can figure tech things out. Let's build a website. Oh, we need to do email campaigns. And so a lot of it came naturally to me. Mm -hmm. And I also learned I was doing a lot of it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but we took that journey and, and that's kind of where I found my way into marketing as we took care of his customer service and we started marketing and he had this membership site idea to really take this equipment. He's like, you're using it all. And then you get training once or twice a year as some guy just shows up on site who can show you how to use ropes and pulleys and cans and all this technical equipment. And then you 
slowly forget how to use that stuff. And then you got to go on site and rescue somebody's life in a timely manner and not screw up. So he had all this video footage filming how to do rope rescue appropriately. So fire rescue, search and rescue. So I was like, this is awesome. Let's launch something. And so we put a membership site out there with Jeff Walker's product launch formula. Mm. And uh, I just took a bunch of his videos and just like, okay, we're going to follow this to the T launched it, did the thing through the book and saw 300 people join. I was like, oh my God, this works. Like light bulb moment. This is marketing. This is what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Spent the next two years kind of digging in. It was like, okay, product launch formula. Let's read Ask by Ryan Lebeck. Okay, try that. Oh, cool. That worked too. And we got down into Russell Brunson stuff and click funnels. Kind of went that whole path. And was like, okay, we'll funnel people. Hey, let's build a funnel into a funnel. And then let's get funnels circling back to a funnel into funnel. And so there'll always be in an automation that you have to buy. Let's just say I got carried away and eventually we hit this beautiful point where we had 1200 members, over 12,000 MRR monthly recurring revenue. Mm. And, uh, everything just stopped growing. We're just like, all right, so it's been three, four five months. What happened? We're kind of dealing with sure things are, but things are just plateaued. Mm -hmm. And so I go to him and like, so what are people saying? Like, you having any conversations that can give some insights? It's like, what do you mean that you automated everything? It's beautiful. I can take my time. I can take care of other things. I can take care of my new grandson. And, uh, I just kind of looked at him like, no relationship. And he looked at me like, so what are people saying to you? Like, dude, I'm just a backend, just sending emails and doing stuff. And it's all automated, right? This is what you wanted. Finally, we got somebody to give us feedback and worse words as, as a guy from ministry leadership development, uh, at somebody who had come around to liking marketing, I hear the words, dude, your guys's marketing is sleazy. It's like dealing with a used car salesman, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Like everything marketing is not supposed to be, uh, I'll give the clean version, but that's when I realized, oh my God, I'm the automated a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I'm just another one of these guys schmucking the marketing, selling, selling, selling that I used to make funnel, right. That I was afraid of becoming in the ministry. Oh man, I don't want to sell people. Right. I don't want to be one of those. Right. Of course, that was the mindset that prevented me from empowering people through the experience of purchase, not just selling because we got to make money. Right. And so from that journey, uh, I really learned that marketing and sales is about building a bridge of relationship that starts a new beginning, right? And a friend of ours always likes to say that closing the deal is not about getting the deal done, but about opening a new relationship. And that really reframed in that moment, like, oh, well, this is about starting something together, mm. not getting the money saying, here's your thing and going and selling it to the next guy. Right. And for those so, of you listening, the friend is Mike Kim. So it's true. He's, he's a good friend of the show. He's been on twice. So yeah. Oh, yes. Then, then you'll know Mike and, and how amazingly relational he is. And so from that whole journey, the amazing thing mentioning Mike is I found Mike through a Facebook ad. This is mm. what good marketing that really creates empathy can do. As a missionary, of course, what do I need to do? Marketing and sales. What am I afraid of? Marketing and sales. Because I don't want to be that guy that I just described myself becoming when I right. left the ministry, right? And so he had a course, Marketing for Missionaries, back in like 2014. It was like, okay, 
I went from like, oh, I can do this for my family to, oh, now I'm going to raise about a million dollars to run this new ministry that I decided to build. And, and, and just let's say growing from raising $50,000 a year to a million dollars in a year, a large jump. <laughs> and so I took that. Uh, and in that season, that's when I had my daughter and uh, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And right, began building relationships. Fast forward to after becoming the automated a-hole, I'm in an event with Mike Kim, meeting him in person for the first time, right? I know Mike, right? I listened mm -hmm. to the podcast, I've taken his course, I've probably taken something else from him, and now I'm meeting him in person, and what a real mentor he became, right? So a relationship, that seeking, wanting to be heard, understood, and right? listened to, understood in a way that's like, this is how you go forward. He began to show me the way forward and building a personal brand. And that's where I fell in love with personal brand business. And that's kind of mm. through that process and that journey of becoming the automated a-hole, like here's somebody doing it right. I created what I call the listen framework. So I could reframe and rethink all things marketing to create an experience of connection, of making people feel seen and heard instead of just more automated a-holes. And it was kind of my fight to say, Hey, let's stop hooking people, right? I don't know about you, but uh, I think of a hook and immediately I'm like, oh, you got a fish hook in my mouth and you're dragging me along <laughs> by the, the like low level of my emotions and I'm in complete survival mode and you're just taking advantage of that state of mind. Like, oh, I got your attention, let's drag you along and then you're gonna spend $10, then you're gonna spend $197, and then you're gonna spend more and then I'm gonna upsell you on the upsell and you're gonna be trapped and enamored by this video. And in one part, brilliant market, right? I'm making fun of it because the problem is, is it doesn't consider empathy and connection, i.e. the relationship and the revenue. And, and as a coach consultant, somebody who's highly relationally driven and transformation driven, that's the ministry background. Sure. Uh, it's like the difference between having customers and having clients. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And then that's a, there's a big difference there because the way you oh relate gosh. to a client and the way you relate to a customer is completely different. Well, and that kind of begs the question. So let's go ahead and answer it. What is the difference between those two? And from my years of being in business for myself, to me, a customer is someone who's a one-off. It's someone that I don't have a relationship with of any kind. They're interested. Typically they are price driven. So if they came to you because of price, they will leave you because of price. Client, on the other hand, is someone with whom you have a relationship, that there's, there's more than price involved, that they care about the relationship and maintaining the relationship typically, not always, but typically someone like that will continue to stay with you even if your rates go up because of the relationship and because they know you're going to continue to do a great job for them, regardless of what it is that you do. Yeah, that's really well stated. And I think another thing really to just kind of put it in terms of industry, it, if my wife has an Etsy shop, mm -hmm. she has amazing customers, but they're buying a thing and they're going great. And these customers come back because they have a great experience buying the thing, but they don't have a client really like She's not at a one-on-one. She doesn't jump on Zoom calls. She's not trying to propel their transformation forward. She's trying to say, here's pretty headbands for your girls and your boys with hearing aids, right? So it's a really specific solution, but that's completely customer-based. We're going to build a children's book, our launching, but that's completely customer-based. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so generally industry-wise, we think of this as, as e-commerce, as software as a service, although some software as a service might have clientele really depends on, on the framing, but, but how you put right. that is right. There's a relationship that's much deeper working with clients or another word for specific industry might be patients, right? A chiropractor, they have patience with and they have to have a lot of patience with their patients, but in the sense of like, <laughs> Hey, I'm going to see you every week, once a month, there's this ongoing work together. And I feel like working with a client is much more transformational, experiential versus working with a customer is commoditized, productized, mm-hmm. uh, right? Give me the thing. Just, just deliver me the thing. Right. Well, and it is possible. It is possible that someone who comes in as a customer makes that transition into being a client, but that has everything to do with the kind of relationship you choose to build with that person, but that's going to require work. It is. It is a lot of work. And and the way I like to put it, because I'm from a John Maxwell training is it's your spheres of influence Mm -hmm. when you're way out in your bubble of influence and you're like, okay, I'm trying to bring you into my world. Well. Somebody might just need a simple solution, a widget, a course, a training, some education. And, and it's really easy to buy something for $27, but then you begin to go, oh, this guy really knows what he's talking about. So by delivering something to a customer there, right? No like trust, that marketing thing we always talk about, right? Goes up, right? This experience. And then you can listen to them, but you can do things that are intentional with that product to take the relationship from customer to client. Sure. You know, you mentioned the, the phrasing, no like, and trust, which I think is, is key for anybody in leadership. Is it, do you have to be able to do that? The thing that I think often gets missed by most leaders, I'll even say personal brands, because for a brand that isn't personal, it's very difficult to get to the no like trust because you can't really know a brand. You can know a personal brand because that's a person. But where I think many are lacking is they don't establish enough to be known. And if you're not known, how in the world can you expect someone to like and trust you? So the example that I give is social media. So if you're at a minimum, if you're posting once a day, Five days, Monday through Friday, you're on brand. On the weekend, needs to be about you, the person. People need to see that. They need to know that. They need to be familiar with you because then, oh, I'm starting to know this guy. I can relate to this thing, that thing, or the other. And it makes you much more likely to take it from just looking at you to engaging. And then from engaging to selling and selling Selling gets such a bad rap. The word does. Because I guess it depends on your definition. Dwayne, what's your definition of selling? I love that you ask. So my definition of selling is going to be powerfully different because I want us to reframe that because I was that guy that ministers like, oh my God, pitching new one, giving me money, right? Bad mindset. Because selling is somehow bad because we're afraid that we're taking right. And so Let's dispel all that fear. We're in, in building a relationship. What's key to relationship? Listening. Hence the listen framework. Well, the, the point of purchase, there's purchases you can make all the way through the, the process, but mm-hmm. the most powerful 
point, when you're really going for that high ticket, anything over $2,000, the E in listen is empower. Empower people with testimonies so they believe hmm. and are empowered when they make the purchase. Because a purchase is incredibly empowering if it's framed right. And, and let me frame it this way. When I was in ministry days back in Nepal, we would go do these leadership trainings for a week of right how to lead your community through a Bible study, a very you know, ministry background desk. And we did it one for free. Then we came back, we're like, well, people come one day and don't come the next. And then it's a new group of people, right? You're, you're getting this influx of randomness and nobody gets anywhere because day one is day one and day two is a whole new group of people. So it's day one again. And the day three is some. And so you're like, oh, day two, but day one, but we need day three. And so screws the whole program. Right. So what we did was introduce a $10 fee. Now in Nepal, in the woods, that was not small, right? That's our $2,000 fee in, in the States, right? Okay. So gotcha. make it, make a slight comparison to, you know, what they're living on. That $10 was not just, oh, it's just $10, right? That's that is uh, uh, not to them. It's, it's not to them. Oh, uh, but I also wasn't like gouging. There was nothing like extreme about that, right? It's not okay. that like, oh my God. But the thing that happened was amazing. People who signed up and gave the $10 showed up every day and worked the process. So we went from as ah, disheveled, people were committed. It's like giving out that free lead. Now you make an invitation, do the free mini course. Somebody watches video one, somebody watches video two, and you're like, go back and watch video one. They're like, I don't have time for video one, right? It works because you know, you're building it and people can pick and choose, but that's where the automation comes in. When you're really empowering somebody to step forward, they create commitment. And that is one of Robert Cialdini's effects, right? So when we're influencing commitment and that's where in the leadership, and I believe all marketing should be driven by leadership. If you're working with clients in this type of way, mm -hmm. we're considering how can I empower this person to transform? And when I spent $9,800 on coaching, you better believe <laughs> I didn't take it lightly, right? right. So high ticket sales. Well, let me tell you that because if, if you're thinking, oh man, they're so, ah, it's pulling, right? Oh, good. Go raise your rates. Don't reduce your rates. Go raise your rates because it's going to push people to take action. The last thing you want is those high ticket one-off-one -one coaching clients that don't do the work. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's well, I get that. framing sales. In fact, what uh, often when I'm, when I am, when I'm coaching a client, and I'm talking to them about whatever it is that they do and their rates. You know, I, I ask them, you know, who's your ideal client? You know, and I walk them through a process of figuring that out if they don't already know. See, many times they think they know and they really don't. Because it's, you know, within about 10 seconds, if they have any idea of who their ideal client is. Um, and for those of you listening, your ideal client, your avatar, whatever term you want to use, if you're not extremely specific then you don't know and if you want to know hit me up with a dm i'll walk you through the process it's actually not difficult to do but i can help you figure that out in fact i help you personalize it that's the key personalize who your ideal client is when you do that you never forget who he or she is you never forget it's easy to talk about that person and other people can relate to someone with a name. Just remember that. Yeah. That's an aside, but
but it's, you know, I think that's a good aside, right? Cause we talk about, okay, bring them to the sale, right? It's empowering Oh, automation, right? Cause I'm, I'm the, the marketing and sales guy, but that, that is one of three foundational elements. Like before you begin any, any of this and trying to sell and trying to coach and trying to market, right. we need to know three things. Who, who are you telling stories to? What stories are you telling, right? That, that sense of framing your personal brand. How are you showing up? What's the core message? What's the problem you solve? And then of course you have uh, a message connected with a person, connected with where you're gonna take that person. So you need to know what you're gonna offer. And what's great about you know what I do on the marketing side is about that, those early stages. Okay, let's take all three of those, get people on the phone so you can actually connect and listen, because if you try and automate it before you sell it, you, 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 you're automating a broken system. You're, you're automating in hopes of it working. Mm -hmm. Well, why not do and work with a malleable season and you can leverage automation, bring in some leads, nurture them, get to know the people on a discovery call and actually sell that group coaching program, that one-on-one -on -one experience. The consultative solution as you can write, I know exactly who I'm reaching coaches right. and consultants, right? And so that foundation then applies the ability to add marketing and sales. Sure. Oh, marketing and sales without those three things becomes fluff. It becomes disjointed. It becomes confused. And, and we all know the expression that our friend, uh, story brands guys say, right? If you confuse, you lose. That's right. And, and it is very true because if you're confused, you're really going to be lost and then if you're confusing your audience they're gonna go but i don't know what he does for me right exactly you know I, i've had another coach in the past said it this way market before you manufacture so get the message out there get buy-in from people before you actually make it and then you make it as you need to exactly yeah and that's a big deal that's a really good way of saying it. and i like to say you know your marketing is preceded by your movement Right? And the movement is predicated upon what are you committed to cause, right? It's why it's the marketing and movement show. You're building something that's going to last beyond yourself, but it's not just mm -hmm. marketing. You, well, you go, really... go a little deeper into that, Dwayne, this whole idea of movement, because that may be a little confusing to folks who are in business, who are entrepreneurs, who are small business owners and are like, uh, movement? What does that have to do with me selling, you know, HVAC service. I, I don't, I'm not tracking with you. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, and if you're selling an HVAC service, this might be harder to do, but generally I think of a movement as more than just a business. And let's just take a look back and well, what's the difference between a movement and just a business? Well, a movement leaves a legacy that lasts. And we have this coming around of a faith based on Jesus Christ. What did Jesus build? He, he brought 12 guys around him nurtured them, empowered them, and really 72, and then the thousands, but 12, and then you could go even smaller. Uh, and he gave them a lot of tools, skills, mindset development, a lot of the stuff we do in the business world that then expanded. Uh, and, and oh, we, he could have just had a nice business, made a lot of money and went his way, but he gave 12 guys the resources, the quote unquote certification to go spread that message and somehow that's lasted 2,000 years. So a movement has a sense of legacy, right? And I always like to say, right, you're leaving your digital footprint today, 
for a lasting legacy tomorrow. We're able to archive our messages and our transformation. It, and really this, this sense of a movement is predicated upon a sense of mission, right? That it is mm-hmm. for those who are really driven by, I want to make an impact. I want to have influence. I want to change the world. Okay. And I want it, I want it to keep going. It, it's so a movement goes beyond the business. You can scale a business. You can multiply a movement. And that sense of multiplication means that other people can build their businesses because you want to give them your shoulders. That's what leaders do. Leaders lead movements. And you can lead in a business, but, but a movement is something with a culture. It's something with a leader pointing in a specific direction that empowers leaders to lead. So it's multiplication. And in the sense of coming together, what I really find that movements do that businesses don't always do is they create a sense of belief in who you can become. Mm. And then they empower that to continue down the line. And when you build a movement, what's most powerful, the end in, in listen is nurture. So you bring the power, somebody for the purchase, and then you nurture your tribe for their success, whether it be in a one-on-one or a group coach setting or even a course, but when they feel that success and they experience stories unfolding of their success, then they're the most likely people to go, just like we mentioned, Mike Kim, oh, you got to take Mike Kim's process, right? Mm -hmm. Mike Kim has created a movement because I can't help but tell you all about his eight-step blueprint to building a personal brand Mm -hmm. because that's what you need to install the listen framework. Yeah, exactly. folks, you're it up. <laughs> There's, there it is. So Mike Kim has created a movement because I'm taking it, right? I'm certified. You are the brand. So he's given me a certification. I'm literally going out and multiplying his message because he nurtured my success and, and this sense of, wow, I can use this as part of my business to grow other people who want to do marketing in a very transformational way. And that's where I really believe that leading a movement is the most powerful way to market and monetize your personal brand message. Okay. Uh, go a little deeper with us. It, you've you've kind of teased us a little bit with this whole listen thing earlier. So clearly it's an acronym, but Break it down for us step by step, and it's okay to repeat E and N. Totally. Oh yeah, no, totally. Um, so, so as a tip, right, feeling seen and heard. We don't want to be an automated able. We want to listen. One of the most powerful ways to create empathy is to create a, a listening relationship, and and we need to do this in our marketing. So the L in listen is locate your dream client, right? We want to go out, find where they are. So instead of, oh, go hug people and I'm going to traction. Okay. Word, but really the action on your part is you have to go find these people. You have to go locate where they're hanging out. Are they at Starbucks? Are they on Facebook? Right. There's a lot of places you might, you, you know, you've done your perfect client worksheet that we're all predicated upon. And we're like, hey, <laughs> where are you? Okay. Well, let's bring you in. Hey, and this is about making introductions. You're going to say, Hey, of having a party, I'd like to, I invite you mm. to come and solve this simple problem at this party, right? Just to kind of give it a really sense of like everything everybody wants to go to, mm. invite me to your party, right? And so it's framing. <laughs> uh, I don't want to be baited into your lead magnet to get another thing that sits on my computer that I never do anything with. 
Thank you for all those ebooks. They were fun to kick tires. Like, oh man, I wonder what this tire is like. All right, this one has tread. This one's good for racing. Well, instead, let's invite people to a party. And that's right, taking the introduction to the next level. Mm-hmm. When people feel invited, they feel a sense of, wow, this host is going to take care of me. We're going to have a good time. And when they show up for the party, S, survey them. Right. At, at survey, in this instance, we're, we're leveraging automation. We, we can use questions to actually help give context of how we can best be a servant and a host. Right? How can we empathize? Hey, right. Where, where are you trying to build your market locally or globally? Right. Cause we might be a chiropractor is trying to build their business in a town. Mm-hmm. A health trainer is trying to build their audience on the internet. Right. And so there's, mm-hmm. there's context to every solution right. to where then, you know, maybe, Hey, you qualify for this program. Huh? If I ask you to spend $10,000, you're going to crap your pants because you're just getting started. Let me make sure that you get the right offer because I've surveyed or right? I've taken time to actually get to know you. Right. Some, some would see this as an application. Sometimes it's a radial button. It can be applied in many ways, but, but from a high level. Now that you've made an invitation, build relationship. The next stage of building a relationship then is teach. T is for teach your expertise, right? We experience this all the time and you can do the S right before the teach. Hey, show up for my webinar. Hey, I'm doing this three part course, i.e. Jeff Walker's product launch formula, Mm -hmm. uh, or, Hey, I have this mini course. Teaching can be applied in many different ways. Again, the importance is you've made some introductions. You've gotten to know them a little bit. Now you're going to apply the teaching to the right person. And maybe this is where the survey element is like, Hey, are you trying to one, two, or three apply Mm -hmm. the right teaching? And then you personalize the experience. And now you have a personalized automation. So you're no longer an a-hole using it. You're using (laughs) it appropriately. And then of course that teaching at the end of every webinar, we've had this experience. I'd like to give you an opportunity to be empowered with my thing, right. jump on a call with me. Uh, this is a place, anything under $2,000, right? You can jump right into that. Right? We're talking spheres of influence, but there are generalized price points, depending on your authority, your trust will list to bring people to that, but you might bring them to a sales call sequence. And, and generally, because I'm working with high ticket, we bring them to empower with the purchase through a sales experience, at least a discovery call. So you're taking them from a marketing experience and be getting that sales experience. Okay. Uh, and of course you can jump on that. You can apply all sorts of different sales techniques, but the importance is, is framing it through empowering people for the purchase. Okay. This is where you tell all your best testimonies because we all know that in a charismatic church, I come from a charismatic background. When you tell the story of the miracles that happened, you begin to believe that that miracle can happen for you. Sure. Right. And, and that same principle applies because you're helping people believe who they can become. And that's what's so empowering and why they'll make the purchase. Mm-hmm. They begin to see themselves. Oh, I can be that person too. And this person will guide me. And of course, when they give you that money, this is where you really prevent being automated eagle. You nurture their success, like show up in their lives, right? Mm-hmm. If it's a one-on-one experience, 
go above and beyond to deliver an exceptional experience so these people want to refer you they want to tell their stories they want to be your best students and maybe eventually some of them will want to multiply your movement by hmm. building a business joining your team it can happen in many different ways but but really that is how you can listen and and the tactics can apply but it is a very strategic way to make introductions build relationships and start new transformational journeys with people. Mm, I love that. I love that. It's uh, this whole idea of listen, the acronym. It seems to me it has very, very little to do with selling anything to anybody. And it has everything to do with me getting to know you and vice versa and you getting to know me, that that's really what it's about. If sales happen, great. And if they don't, I still got to meet somebody really cool. Exactly. And, you know, something really powerful in that that survey point where you're getting somebody on the call, as you're listening, as a good leader should, you may go, you know what? You're not my ideal client. And I've learned, mm-hmm. don't work with everybody because then you end up with a headache of doing things you shouldn't be doing. Right. Sometimes the best th- way to serve someone is to point them to the right person. Hey, I want somebody great for you. I have a friend who does just this for this industry who would be a much better fit. Mm. Let me connect you with so-and-so. Uh, and when we think like this, one, a rising tide lifts all boats. There's abundance for everybody. Don't worry. That person will probably point somebody back to you because they'll go, oh my God, thank you so much for sending me a client. What do you do again? Yeah. Right? I want to make you right. And now they feel this need to reciprocate that kindness, right? This is a great way to get referrals is be somebody who refers people, right? That's great leadership. That's great culture. That's something that people want to be a part of. Folks, that's why... That's why connections are so important. And when I say connections, I'm not talking about what you get from the other people. It's about what you're giving to them. Leaders are givers. We give all the time. We're constantly doing that. The things that Dwayne talks about, I've been doing that for 20 plus years in my businesses. It's just been very normal and natural for me to do that because Dwayne, I'm sure this has been the case for you. It would be, I'm lowballing it here when I would say mid six figures, I've probably given away by referring other people out. That money I could have taken, that I could have used to spend on my kids, you know, on a variety of things, but it's never been about the money for me. And it's not, it's still not. And if one day, if money is not what we need, in order to help each other, we end up going back to an older system of bartering, which I am totally cool with, by the way. Um, money to me is just a means to an end. That is all it is. For me, it's all about people. People, people, people. That is what it's about. So it's about helping people. Because when we do what Dwayne's talking about, when we truly listen, not just the acronym, but when we're actually actively listening, we shut up long enough to hear what the person's saying and we really listen, trying to think, what can I do to help them, regardless of whether it helps me or not? We got it made. 
that's it. That's what it's about. It's about helping that person. Sometimes when we are actively listening, when someone tells us what they want, it's not what they actually need. And it provides us an opportunity to speak into their lives, to say, have you thought about, or I can understand based upon what you've said that you want to go this direction, but have you considered this? And sometimes you can end up helping redirect them to something that is a better fit for where they are right now, and it completely transforms their lives as a result. Now, that's what I love being about. Yeah, because when that, that transformation happens, you see it. It is yeah. very clear, and they, <laughs> they will sing your praises to everyone. And that's why we're doing what we're doing, right? When I say movement, right, we're doing something with a commitment to a cause. Something just, ah, and of course, when you're relationally driven, I know not everybody is, but when you're relationally driven, which is probably your listener base because it's called relationships and revenue, right? <laughs> movement matters, building upon the blocks of what makes a movement magnetic and grounded it keeps you focused so that in your marketing, in your sales, you're always listening, right? You're always building relationship. You're always curating connection yes. because as you said, those connections are everything. And then if you can have a connection in context of what can best suit both sides, that's, mm -hmm. that's what we're building. Beautiful relationships that, you know, in my experience, like with my mentor, with the friends I've made through him, mm -hmm. uh, through this journey of building business, uh, have meant the world to me uh, and i pay a lot of money to just go hang out with people for five days <laughs> just because i want to be with my tribe right there's that sense of belonging that a movement creates it's like this these are my people this is my family this is where people get me and mm -hmm. uh and being somebody who draws a community to the campfire is a really powerful leadership experience it's profound for you as the leader, as profound as it is to be somebody in that community coming together with people who are like, finally, somebody who understands where I'm at, what I'm struggling with, what I'm going through, what I'm building, how to advise me. And then, of course, you get perspective through community that, that is uh, just wonderful. So, Oh, absolutely. So I'm curious. I, I do want to get into the podcast here in just a second, into your podcast. But um, this whole idea of movement and funnels, where do those intersect? Well, let me take it back for a second, because there are folks who might not know what that term means. So could you first give us an explanation of the term funnel and then how movements and funnels come together? Yeah. So, so movements are right, the, the through line of the story of... How, what you're doing, what you're committed to cause, how you're showing up into the world, the stories. And then a funnel is that experience of building trust. So the, the listen framework is, is, it was originally predicated on, on the idea of a funnel. Uh, and when we say the word funnel, right, there's a, Hey, they've never heard of me. They don't know about me too. Oh, Hey, we made some introductions, right? You're at the top of a funnel. Think about the thing you pour oil tube into your truck or your car, right? It gets narrower the further you go down. Right. Uh, and then of course that becomes, okay, we've built 
made introductions. Let's build relationship. They call this the middle of the funnel. And it's that experience of, oh, I've decided to go further. I've read a few of your emails. I want to know more about you. You're now a little more beyond the secrets going, I think I, I see that you kind of have some solutions. I kind of like this person. I want to get to know them more. Well, they have this product, right? And so you're kind of becoming more product aware. And then the bottom of the funnel is like, oh yeah, I know who you are. I trust you. Uh, you're, it's more narrow, right? Yeah. The reason they draw a funnel is, is just business does have an element that it's about the numbers. And at the top of the funnel, you're going to have a thousand at the middle of the funnel that might become 300 at the bottom of the funnel where people purchase is going to be maybe 30. Right. And so this, this is one way of understanding the marketing experience. Other people have heard the term pipeline. Let's just say the only difference is one sideways and one's downwards, one's applied to marketing and one's applied to sales. And so one cool thing is, is really when you can think about funnels, which generally, generally people are saying funnels is you're having a very distinct marketing experience, drawing you through to the point of purchase. Right. And so it's the listen framework is designed to understand that like, oh, you're going to locate somebody top of the funnel, make an invitation little lower, survey them, middle of the funnel, teach them, middle to bring you to the bottom of the funnel, empower them, right? They're at that bottom of the funnel, nurture them. And the thing about is listening is active and Mm -hmm. and recycling, right? And so you can relocate them and just keep going and going and going. And this connects with the pipeline as well, where you're like, okay, I've had this. It's just a way of understanding automation Mm -hmm. uh, and where to bridge the gap between automating and actually taking time to do things that don't scale. Okay. So let's dig in a little bit into your podcast. It's called the Marketing Your Movements Show. So who's that for? Yeah. So the Marketing Your Movement Show, you've probably heard it over and over, is for leaders who, who see that they need to use marketing, they need to get into sales, who really want to be relationally driven. And those leaders generally are coaches and consultants. They see them. So they're maybe aspiring thought leader. They want to sell high ticket group coaching, but really they want to do more than just build a business. They want to create a legacy that lasts. Yeah. I get that. Okay. Um, so if your audience are consultants, coaches, uh, well, go so far to say personal brands as well, because not all personal brands are those two things. They're other things. Uh, if they're realizing their need for that, what are you doing on the show to help not just encourage them, but kind of point the way? Yeah. So one of the things and my favorite things is, right, interviewing other people who are in the world of leading, right? And oh, how are you leading people, right? Yeah. They're just kind of getting that experience of, all the different ways we can show up as leaders using marketing. And then sometimes it's just real practical, down-to-earth marketing conversations. Okay, you talk about, okay, well, let's just face it. You can go find people in a gazillion different ways. There's Facebook ads. There's showing up on social media. There's prospecting through LinkedIn notes. Uh, now there's Instagram, right? Do I use this, 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 or this? Well, again, we need to understand our audience. So so a lot of the the you know, down to earth, tactical elements of how to apply 
each one of these letters in the listen framework. Sometimes it's a little bit of what can we do to create culture, right? A movement is led by a leader who's creating a culture where we belong, believe, and become who we are. Well, there's a lot of ways we can show up. So it is in many ways a leadership podcast disguised as marketing a business, right? And because I like to teach, it's all about showing up as a leader and your marketing communication is creating culture. So I talk a lot about the applications, a little lesson framework and interview a lot of people who are doing marketing in different mm -hmm. ways, copywriting. So some of the specifics and nuances of copywriting, well, all things marketing for coaches, consultants, influencers, thought leaders, speakers, authors, right? you're trying to show up as a personal brand mm -hmm. and, and leverage who you are and how you want to show up in the world and how you want to get your mission accomplished and have it create legacy that multiplies itself past your days. For sure. All right. I want to ask you a question, but You can make it as broad or specific as you want in your answer. So my question is this, we've been talking a lot about relationships, which makes sense because I've said this before and I will continue to say it, especially because I hear way too often when a business deal doesn't go somebody's way, someone will invariably, the person who wins essentially will say, that's just business. Well, that somehow inherently applies that business is not personal. Business is extremely personal because it involves people. Let's get that straight, everybody. You can't name for me one business out there that isn't run by at least one person. Therefore, it is personal. Always and forever, business is personal. Get that. It took me years to figure that out. And once I did, changed everything. Here's to my question. What are some ways, or let me say it a different way. What is the best way that you have found to create, build, and sustain relationships in business? That's so nuanced. Part of me wants to go, right? What, what important aspect of, of building relationships has been meeting in person? Uh, and this is more as somebody who's been on the receiving end. Uh, until I went and met with my mastermind group in person, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't sure if I belonged. You know, we're talking about a little movement, right? So that sense of coming together now, that's been really, really hard to do for almost two years now. Right. Oh, but, but creating and sustaining relationship is important. But I, I think it, in the end, it's right. Keeping it personal. What you were saying is, is showing up, being willing to own it right i was just listening to something from john junko who, who wrote the book extreme ownership uh, and really if you care about relationships you take an extreme amount of ownership and onus that means you have to do the outreach right hey why haven't i heard this person for a while and then we all get a oh god you believe they're not reaching back out stop being a wuss get over the fact that rejection occurs check in with people um, and then really being willing to empathize. I think, right. As you said, business is personal. Rejection is hard. If it was just business, we wouldn't feel rejection. That's a very personal experience, but if you're willing to let it go and it, to give this an experience, I'm prospecting with somebody right now. And it's kind of like, Hmm, 
I know I can help them, but I don't know if I'm the best person to help them. Hmm. Uh, right. Being willing to, Hey, here's what I challenge you to do. I think you're trying to get ahead of yourself and right. Amplifies. I know. Right. And you just always use these expressions. I think, and I feel those will really preclude any strong advice you want to give, but don't hold back. Right. And that's the worst thing is that so many people want to hold back. Oh, they'll figure it out on their own. If you're a leader, get out there and lead and don't hold back, but do it with empathy. And that will nurture relationships in all sorts of ways. Oh, so good, Dwayne. Thank you for sharing that. Well, I would be remiss if I don't talk about this next part, because clearly this particular podcast is about relationships. Yes, it's about revenue but it's more about relationships than it is revenue. And so I come from the perspective that if you want to be great, and I mean outstanding in business, it has everything to do with the quality of relationships that you consider to be most significant in your life. Typically those are personal, not always, but most of the time they are. So with that thought in mind, what are you doing right now, Dwayne, to build up, cultivate those types of relationships in your life and how do they impact your business? Yeah. Um, well, one, you got to make time. So it, it, as an entrepreneur uh, and business builder, we know how easy it is for up here to not stop right up when I'm pointing to my head, right? The brain. <laughs> I'm sitting down for date night. And you know, I was having this conversation with a client the other day. And, uh, and we're both entrepreneurs, so this can cascade really fast. Oh, what do you think about what I'm doing in the store? And then all of a sudden, put the business down. Put it down. You have a life beyond your business. And one of the best things you can do is remember your other passions. So for me, hmm. one, of, one of our family passions is Lego. Uh, and, and just having a space dedicated to play together hmm. um, playing those who play together stay together right building business yes. is great you get right going on dates is great but just getting to a sense of play and then of course being able to play in a way that's fun for all four of us uh has really one kept us sane when things get busy and crazy two keeps the kids distracted but three really does bring us together around a really fun activity and then of course gets me to act like a child again which uh would be my other piece of advice. Learn how to be a kid again. Okay. Your, your business will thank you. Your, your spouse will thank you. Your kids will definitely thank you. Right. And so, mm. so that child likeness, mm. you're admonished and edified to live, you know, with that state of conscious, with that state of being by the guru, Jesus himself. Um, and I think that really, as I've put that into practice in the Lego room, Boy, I did it yesterday because I was so stressed out. And mm -hmm. what a relief, right? Just going into a state of play. And, and everybody in the house thanked me because I was a lot calmer. All right. So I'm digging it. So you're doing the Lego thing with your kiddos. Uh, something that I did, I certainly did that with my kids. You know, we do puzzles, play cards, different things like that. But something as they started to get older and before my girls moved away to Texas and my son was away in college. Um, we used to play music in the car and we would sing along to it. But in addition to that, 
we would do, we would dance while we were in the car, you know, and do different hand gestures and stuff. There's only so much movement you can do in a car, but, um, we would do that. You know, we had certain songs we would play cause it would definitely lent themselves more to dancing. And so we would do that. That was so much fun. We always have fun doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just right. I, I think our body, our minds, there's just so much release that needs to happen. Uh, and, uh, as an entrepreneur, we can get so stressed out that that just spills over onto all the relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's really, it's finding that release valve that's healthy mm, for and sure. not coping. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Dwayne, how can people find you and connect? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, obviously the show is the best way to get to know me. Marketingearmovement.com will redirect you over to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find it on DwayneSingali.com. And then, of course, if you really want to know more about the Listen Framework, I have my manifesto written up. You can experience an invitation for yourself by going to listenframework.com. I invite you to to reframe how you're marketing and selling people in a relational way at listenframework.com. Uh, and that'll just, it's just a short manifesto. Uh, and then I have more opportunities, of course, beyond that to help you really grow a magnetic movement. Oh, fantastic. And folks, we'll be sure to include all these things that Dwayne was talking about in the show notes so that you can get a hold of that and subsequently get in touch with him. All right, Dwayne, let me ask you this. Besides the listenframework.com, is there anything else like new you have coming up? Yeah. Yeah. So new coming up is, uh, I just created the magnetic movement workbook, right? So it's just a series of questions. It helps you dive in to what is your through line? What's this all about? And then it helps you make a decision on what invitation will lead magnet to create generally in the PDF realm, right? And then you can go through and look, oh, here's all my answers. It's very emotionally driven. So you can actually spill your beans and then highlight, oh, this would be a great thing. Uh, and then it really just helps you get a lot out of your head. Um, and then predicated upon that. Uh, I'll be launching a sort of accelerator where we'll be able to come together as a group of people uh, and develop our first listen funnel and, and really you know, get all the technical help you need, uh, get all the copywriting help you need, right? I'm there to do it with you as well as my friend DK. So there's marketing and sales coming together or, okay, you brought people to the phone. Now, how do you have a phone call that's worth both of your times. So you're not, you know, mm. wasting that time. Learning to sell on the phone is a skill set that everybody should have. And, sure. and so we really want to bring those two together in the marketing and movement accelerator. And uh, that's kind of what's new. And uh, we'll be lots more beyond that. Okay. We'll be looking forward to hearing about that when that's ready to launch. Awesome. Very cool. All right. Well, we're coming up to our final four. It's four quick questions. Just tell me the first thing that pops in your head. Are you ready? Sure. All right. Question number one. Why did God create Dwayne? Oh, for a lot of laughs. (laughs) See? Okay. That was a fun answer. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Question two. What are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? Uh, So right now I'm reading Clockwork again. By um, uh, if you can pronounce this, Mike Michalowicz. Uh, anyways, he wrote Profit First, so 
Mm-hmm. If you've read any of his books, he's extremely funny. So yeah. Okay. Very cool. Uh, question three. It's a two-part question. What do you do for fun? And what do you do for fun with your family? Okay. So what I do for fun, I go as fast as I can downhill on a mountain bike, jumping and screaming. Um, <laughs> it, it, they call it enduro mountain biking. I live in the mountains and I, and I go to destinations and yeah, I'm an avid mountain biker. Okay. And then obviously I play Lego with my family. So beyond the Lego, uh, we do love the outdoors. So we go to the lake and kayak and paddleboard and swim. Uh, we do love climbing, but we don't have a good climbing gym in this town. So but mm. we used to do a lot of indoor rock climbing. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, question four, what are you most grateful for? Family. I mean, yeah, family. I wake up every day and do this, uh, for family, right? In the end, if you took all my clients away, I'm fine. As long as I can play with my family. <laughs> for sure. For sure. All right. Well, listen, Dwayne, thank you so much for your time today. We certainly appreciate it. I know the listeners and viewers out there got way more than they bargained for as far as the amount of information that you were able to share. I mean, folks, that listen framework that Dwayne gave you, that for you personally, it can really change things. But for your business, it's going to revolutionize it. It just is. That one simple acronym, if you go back to it, pay attention to it, start to implement it, it's going to change everything. So thank you for sharing that with us today, Dwayne. We really, really appreciate that. Hey, it was my joy. You just get out there and leave your digital footprint by listening to people. Absolutely. And so viewers, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. Love you guys so much. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlett. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.